0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: I just had that commercial for the Chucky show. So we got a child's play show coming out. There's a new Halloween movie coming out because apparently it's 1988. Thankfully, I am currently wearing acid wash jeans. Uncomfortably tight. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Early in the second period, the Sabres lead the Canadians 2-0. Panthers up 1-0 on the Penguins. After the first, it is Ottawa 3-0. Toronto Tyler Ennis has scored a goal for the Senators. Also after 1, Dallas up 1-0 on the Rangers. Hurricanes lead the Islanders 2-1. And the Blue Jackets with a 2-0 edge on the Coyotes. About six minutes to go in the first period. Tampa Bay and Detroit are scoreless. Later on tonight, Seattle at Nashville and the Golden Knights play the Los Angeles Kings. Your Edmonton Oilers back at it on Saturday. They will host the Calgary Flames. 6.30 is the face-off show here on 6.30, Ched. The game will start at 8.00. Tomorrow, we have Elks football as they try to win a home game for the first time this season. Winnipeg is in town. 5.30 for the countdown to kick off and the game will start at 7. Also tonight, big baseball game coming up a bit later on. Dodgers-Giants with that best of five tied 2-2. And the Thursday nighter, the 4-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by Tom Brady going into Philadelphia. The Eagles are 2-3. and three. That game's going to kick off in about 10 minutes. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. An exciting game last night at Rogers Place. The Oilers open it up with a 3-2 shootout victory Over the Vancouver Canucks, the Oilers unable to preserve that two-goal lead and get the two points in regulation time. uh, An overtime where, let's face it, the Canucks had better chances to win in the three-on-three than the Oilers did. And then the shootout that lasted five rounds with Kyle Turris finally getting the game-deciding goal for the Edmonton Oilers. So I I thought a a couple of players who uh, were new to the Oilers came as advertised. And I I think... Item number one on that list is Zach Hyman, who was very good controlling the puck, was very good protecting the puck, very good forechecking. He killed penalties. He was on the power play, he got a power play goal and touted as a very good all round player, touted as somebody who can compliment the Oilers' big guys, touted as someone who can provide some tenacity and net drive and presence down low that the Oilers have been missing, somebody who can play in all those situations. Hyman did it all. He did it all as advertised last night. And I think after the game, he got some really, really high praise from teammate Darnell Nurse. Yeah, I think, like, the biggest
2: compliment to him, I mean, playing against him nine times last year is, the most annoying player to play against because he's always in your back pocket. No matter if you hit him, uh, you play him hard on the corners. He's, he's always coming back. And um, on top of that, you see, he's able to, to go on to the power play and, and create some, some great plays and, and finish with, uh, with the goal that he scored. So um, he, he really just brings it brings it everywhere. And, and it all starts with the work ethic that he brings And for our team. Uh, guys just, guys just feed off that. So we're very lucky to have him here in, in Edmonton.
1: Well, That's the money quote, isn't it? The most annoying player to play against. The most annoying player to play against. It's been an ongoing discussion for the Edmonton Oilers. Not so much perhaps in recent years. Probably was more pronounced and more talked about it when they were going through the 10 years without a postseason berth. But I think it has still come up in recent seasons, especially as we've discussed the Oilers' lack of depth as they've been eliminated early from the playoffs. Too easy to play against. Well, watching Zach Hyman last night, and hey, we saw him with the Leafs. We saw him here last year. We saw him the three games where the Leafs crushed the Oilers in a three-game series in Edmonton in February, how good he was. The Oilers only scored one goal in those three games, and Hyman was really the guy driving the bus for the Leafs and the most annoying player to play against, somebody who just does not go away. He was on Inside Sports two nights ago, the night before the season opener, and talked about his drive and determination and realizing that's the way he has to play. He has to be competitive. He has to be intense, and he has to be relentless. And that's how he's worked his way into the NHL and become an important player. And I thought that was an excellent start to the season for Zach Hyman. The other new player I thought who came as advertised, at least talking up front, I thought Warren Fogle had a pretty good game. I, you know, I thought he got to the net. Uh, I, I, I thought he, you know, was fearless down low as well. You know, he doesn't come with the uh, offensive expectations that Hyman does, but I thought he had a pretty good game, a pretty good game. And I thought, yes, not a new order. I thought, yes, he pulled your RV <laughs> it was good. I, I mean, he's, he's around the puck. He's making plays. He's getting his shot away. He got a goal. And yes, I love the celebration. I love the posts on social media of the freeze frames of his face or the slow motion of him celebrating a guy who brings a lot of energy. And I thought he had a really good game as well. So uh, certainly Pugliarvi and Hyman standouts for me last night. And as I mentioned, I thought Fogle did a pretty good job. And, And Mike Smith keeps battling in there. He stopped the first 31 shots that he faced. Shot number 32 went in, shot number 33 went in. He stopped all three shots he faced in overtime, and then the Canucks shooters were successful on only one out of five in the shoot. I know a couple guys missed the net, but hey, still, I remember Cam Talbot saying a few years ago after a shootout went over the flames and two Calgary players hit the posts, Talbot said, well, I guess I wasn't giving them anything to shoot at. (laughs) So hey, if you shoot wide, I guess you're not giving them much to shoot at. But Smith hanging in there, I know a lot of questions about his age. Is he going to drop off? Didn't look like it last night and uh i asked some smith some questions today taking us through the uh, the shootout and some other key moments in that game three round shootout and if it's tied you go deeper
2: i mean the mindset stays the same don't let them score
3: it's a left-handed shot picks it up at center skating from right to left in over the blue line smith out the
1: challenge pederson back hitter no glove save mike smith wow
2: that was
0: a heck of a save by smith he
2: stayed with it What's your favorite thing about facing a penalty shot or a shootout shot? I don't really have a favorite thing, to be honest, about anything about to do with a shootout or a penalty shot. Someone I know uh, might might think differently, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, uh, it's fun for, I think, probably the fans more than anyone else, but um, in the moment you're just trying to keep the puck out of your net. So
1: when you're the guru of NHL rules and tie breaking would you extend the
2: overtime? Um that'd be fine with me. That'd be fine with me. I mean it's 3 on 3 is is not the easiest thing either for a goaltender but uh it's definitely uh you know exciting so I think it's uh um obviously that's not up to the players to decide but um 3 on 3 is definitely an exciting uh, a part of the game for sure.
3: It'll be the Pittsburgh native JT Miller. Picks it up at center. In over the blue line. Not much pace. Cuts in from the left-hand side. Snapped it right off the glove of Mike Smith.
1: How much uh,
2: pre-scouting do you do on other players' shootout moves? I don't like the watch too much because uh, there's so many good players in the league now that you know are finding ways, to, different ways to score goals. So. I think if you get wrapped up in too much of that stuff, you know, for me personally, if you're anticipating one thing and they do something different, you could be on different, you know, in a different corner than they are. So it might not turn out very well. So I just try to play every every, you know, shootout. Um like it's the first time I've seen them and have an idea. Quinn Hughes breaks free. Left circle shoots and
3: scores and
2: this game is tied. Hughes short side beats Mike Smith. My read was that I didn't see it and so if you don't see the puck usually it doesn't you're hoping it hits you at that point but for whatever reason it kind of flashed screen there and just kind of lost sight of it for a second and I think we all know what happens if you do that as a goalie. You know you'd like to see the puck for the majority of the game out there and when it doesn't happen you're just hoping it hits you and that at that point I just lost it at the wrong moment and ended up being in the net it's not not a goal you like to to give up but Fortunately, we were able to uh, overcome that and get the win.
3: little surprise, no Hoaglander here. Up the right-hand side, Horvat looking for the trailer, flicked it in front, back hitter to nine, Smith. A terrific save on Tanner Pearson to keep Edmonton in the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's an unbelievable player, and you're just trying to, you know, I think that play was just, you're just trying to outweigh him and, and you know, trying to be as big as possible, and um, I was able to make a save there.
1: All right, that is uh, Mike Smith taking us through the shootout last night. His thoughts overall on the shootout and uh, one moment he didn't like the second goal against in a moment where he was spectacular stopping Tanner Pearson about a minute 13 into the extra session last night. So those are some of my highs and lows from the game uh, last night. Dave Tippett has a couple of his own. And of course, I'm happy to hear from you now that you've had about a day to digest the Oilers victory. It is 780-496-0063 to text or call the hotline presented by CertainTeed professional grade building materials. Of course, you can follow me on my ever thrilling Twitter account, at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S, and you can email inside sports at 630ched.com. Back in a couple of minutes, folks. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Kelly Rudy's coming up in the next half hour. Blake Dermott will check in a little bit later on as uh, we'll get you ready for the Elks-Bombers game tomorrow. Of course, the significant news out of the Elks this week. Trevor Harris pulled right out of the lineup. Won't even be the backup tomorrow at Commonwealth Stadium. Bomb letter doozy will be on the show as well. Former member of the Canadian men's national team. How about that goal last night by Alfonso Davies? I'm watching that and I've watched it several times today and I'm pretty much in disbelief that a Canadian scored that caliber of goal in soccer, I guess specifically in men's soccer. I mean, we've had Christine Sinclair and uh, other Canadian women doing some great things for, for several years now, but for the Canadian men's team, pretty much unheard of to be uh, where they are now and to have a player of uh, Davies excellence. And uh, that goal was just uh, jaw dropping. I I mean, look, even my dad appreciated it and my dad would sooner like i don't know what's what's even more than like watching like more drier than watching paint dry like my dad would watch my, my dad would probably sooner watch paint that's already dry he wouldn't even watch paint dry like he he would he would sooner watch already dried paint than soccer and he even he uh, appreciated anyway uh Andy the uh, carpet guy says the Oilers decor was a hot mess last night yet the Oilers outchanced the Canucks and still won added depth equals confidence that said huge win to start the season yeah I think we'll see uh, I, I think some some of the players on the decor are going to have to gel a little bit and come along I also think Vancouver has some talented players and and they're going to create chances for sure uh arlene says i went to the opening night game to see the opening ceremony that was billed as spine tingling there was nothing except the introduction of the team and vets i've been to other opening nights and this was a non-show there was more of a light show before the third period lol when you look at the other arena first home game ceremonies ours was totally embarrassing do you know why? Arlene, you're asking the wrong guy. I have said numerous times on this show, I do not care about that stuff. Like, I, I don't care about halftime shows. I, I don't care about, uh, you know, what happens in intermissions. I don't care about the hide the, the Boston Pizza Shuffle or the Tim Horton Shuffle, whatever they have. Like, I don't care about the, like, I'm a big dog guy. I don't care about the Super Dogs. I, I don't care about the, the, the contest they have during the intermissions at Rogers Place. I, I do not care. Play the game. Um, and I, I also don't spend money to go to the Oilers games. I'm there as, as working media. Uh, I think they wanted to, I I would guess, and I haven't talked to anybody, but I, I I would guess they wanted to focus on the, uh, I mean, they introduced a lot of the, the frontline workers, you know, who've been working through the pandemic and, and healthcare workers and people like that, You, you know, there was a video that had, uh, you know, Joey and Colby Cave and John Muckler. And uh, some of the people we've lost since the last time there were a lot of fans in the building. So uh, I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I know people from OEG listen to my show. So this is, this is one way to get them that feedback. And and I'm sure if you have a ticket rep or somebody you'd like to contact, you can do that as well. But to me, you know, great introduce the players and, and, and play the game. I I, I know you're probably annoyed by my answer, Arlene, but I don't know what else to tell you. Like, even as, a, even when I go to game as a ticket holder, I, I just, i am so not interested in that stuff so i'm sorry uh this texter says uh zach hyman reminds me of sean horkoff good all round player eagles larry he says i can't believe no one is talking about the heads-up play yes he made to put vancouver with too many men he uh, hit the puck into the guy's skates shows he's more than a pretty face That's that is great. Well, we got a request for some humans being tonight, Van Hal- uh, Kellen. Maybe we can play some humans being. I'll get that set original. up. All right. You got a couple more texts I want to get to as well. Lines are open 780-496-0063. And Kelly Rudy in the next half hour, Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> Smith in the first half hour of the show. Ah, there it is. The late Eddie Van Halen on the lead guitar. Humans being from the best tornado movie ever made, Twister. Though we never watched Geostorm, did we, Kellen? I haven't seen it, was it yet. Tornadoes no. Tornadoes or hurricanes? Or it was a Geostorm, I guess. It was a Geostorm. <laughs> Tonight, huh?
0: Geostorm.
1: We're going to have to, we'll do, I don't know, maybe someday we'll uh, we'll rent a drive-in theater and watch Geostorm in the middle of a tornado. Second period, Sabres lead the Canadians 2-1. Ottawa is up 3-0 on the Maple Leafs. Panthers lead the Penguins 2-1. Stars are up 2-1 on the Rangers. Carolina 3, Islanders 2. My preseason Stanley Cup pick, the New York Islanders. Trailing the Hurricanes 3-2. It is the Blue Jackets up 3-1 on the Coyotes after the first period. Detroit, goal by Larkin with a 1-0 lead on the Lightning. Just past the halfway point of the first period. Predators with only three shots on goal, but a 1-0 lead on the Tentacle team. And the Golden Knights and Kings will face off at 8.30 tonight. Baseball playoffs in about half an hour. Dodgers-Giants game five. Tampa Bay already up 7-0 on Philadelphia in Thursday night football tomorrow in this time slot. I will not be here. We will have live football five 30 for the countdown to kickoff the actual kickoff at seven Elks against the bombers. And then Saturday six 30 face-off show game at eight. It's uh, going to be the Oilers against the flames. Uh, to the individual who is uh, unhappy that Kelly Rudy is on the show for another season. Well, I'm sorry to hear you don't enjoy a segment of the show, and I appreciate your feedback. Uh, I guess my short answer would uh, be to you: it is uh, part of this profession, and I think many professions that you cannot please all of the audience all of the time. So, I hope there are other things about the show that you enjoy. Um, Dean says I couldn't. Uh, this is uh, my my response to Arlene's text that she didn't think the uh, pregame ceremony was uh, very good last night. Dean says, "I couldn't agree with you more, Reed. Sometimes it's hard to even follow and keep up with the continuity and flow of the game. There's too much crap distraction. You nail it, Just play the game and uh, enjoy the game. Yeah, sometimes I get feedback about that type of stuff, but again, it's it's not a big deal for me. As whether I'm attending the game, I guess as working media, or whether I'm there as a as a fan, as a customer, as a consumer, it's never been something I've paid too much attention to. I and I always feel like." Okay, like, and, and again, Arlene, this is no res- disrespect to you. You have your opinion. Ar- Arlene wrote in and, and said that. I don't know, does that represent 10% of people, 20, 50, 70, 80? I mean, it probably doesn't represent 100%. And I, I also feel that a lot of times when we talk about the, the fluff around sporting events, the pregame ceremonies, uh, the, the pump-up videos, the goal songs, uh, the halftime shows, I, I always, I feel like we're in a in a day and age where it's never good enough. You know, like, I feel like the initial reaction to the Super Bowl halftime shows are always that they suck. And I'm like, well, they spend millions of dollars on them and get some of the biggest entertainers in the world. Like, how, how could it, how, how could you just watch it and immediately think that, that it sucked? So I don't know. I may have a I probably do have a different perspective uh, than a lot of people and I accept if I'm a complete weirdo about it. I've been told that before. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the certainty hotline. Elvis is hanging on. Hey Elvis. Hey Reed, how you doing, sir? Good. Good, good. Awesome, yeah,
3: I really I really enjoyed last night's game. Uh I enjoyed the uh the I uh, tuned in to six thirty Chad uh post game show. Really enjoyed the coverage. It was nice it was really nice to get back to some uh some some normal hockey if I can use that word, if that makes any sense. Uh I was just really, really impressed, and I really, really enjoyed what I saw from the Oilers. Yeah, but there was some letdowns and stuff like that, but I was really, really what impressed like? what, with Mike what, Smith. what players did you
1: like, Elvis? Give me a player or two I, you liked.
3: I really enjoyed Hyman. I really enjoyed, uh, well, obviously Mike Smith stood on his head. I thought he was incredible. He liked to have that second goal back. I really I really enjoyed Fogle. I really enjoyed, uh, I, I really enjoyed most of our newcomers that came to. I wasn't impressed with McLeod. Um, I, I think I think uh, if he ends up going back down, that won't hurt him. Uh, I really liked our second line, the way our second line looked. I was so impressed with that. I was just like, uh, you know, like I, I, I thought they were legit. I thought it was serious. I thought they, you know, they just didn't finish. And I think after they play for a while, that could be a big, big, huge incentive. And then uh, bring Cassian back if he comes back on Saturday. On that third line, I, I think we've got three screaming lines. I really believe that.
1: Yeah, that's the hope for sure. Thanks, Elvis. I appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Sounds like Cassian's gonna be able to play on Saturday. The Oilers had an optional practice today. Cassian was on the ice as he was for the last couple of days. Devin Shore was not one of the players on the ice for the optional. He continues to be day to day. Okay, speaking of Kelly Rudy, he's coming up next inside sports on chet. <laughs> Sabres now up 3-1 on the Canadians. Still 3-0 for Ottawa over Toronto. Both of those games late in the second period. John says, Reed, I went to a college football game, LSU versus Ole Miss. I found a whole new appreciation for the spectacle around a sporting event that is much more than just the game on the field or the ice or the court. There is definitely something to it once you've seen it done right. Fair comment, John. I have never attended an NCAA game. I have been to uh, four NFL games in Seattle. Again, I don't know if that would faze me, John. I, I, you see, John, you have to accept I might just be a miserable curmudgeon. Rob writes in. He says, hey, Reed, I'm a season ticket holder and have been for over 20 years. He's talking uh, Oilers here. The problem I have with paying the dollars that I do for my season tickets is the following. The expensive cost of food and beverage that doesn't keep up with the quality. You're paying a, uh, you're paying for a premium you're, you're paying the price of premium liquor and you're getting a bargain basement-type product in return. At twelve fifty a beer, you think you'd be getting a premium lager. At $9 for a small bowl of nachos, you think they'll be at least crisp instead of saggy, droopy, mushy nacho chips doused in processed cheese. I can understand people's feelings about not having pretty pregame show with lights and lasers and glitz and glamour, but I'd rather the money that I... Uh, that season ticket holders spend are going to a better experience overall, especially when it comes to food and beverage. That is some feedback from uh, Rob. And again, I, uh, I hope you have communicated that to, uh, to whoever your ticket rep with the orders as well, though I'm sure some of them will will hear that on the show. And I'm happy to get that feedback too. 780-496-0063. All right, uh, here he is. Powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now an analyst, Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well, Reed. I'm uh, back from a quick trip to uh, Anaheim. I did a game Winnipeg at the Ducks last night, and uh, that was my first... Uh, travel to the u.s in about two years maybe a little bit less and that was a uh, interesting experience and uh, happy to say that it worked out just i want to let your uh, listeners know if you have any upcoming travel to the states make sure you're fully aware of uh, all the testing that you need whether it's going down there and or coming back the a are different on the way back to canada
1: Okay, well, that's that's good advice for sure. Now, I I think it was you that told me, if not, you can respond to this because we have discussed often and referred to that Roger's place can be exceptionally cold until fans get in for a game day. (laughs) Did you not tell me maybe it was somebody else? Somebody told me that Anaheim, though, might be the coldest drink in the league.
0: I, it could have been me because I, I truly believe it's Anaheim and our broadcast position in the Staples Center in LA. Those two are the two that always get me. I, I have to admit, last night I was pleasantly surprised. It was definitely cool, but not as cold as I had experienced previously. And so, uh, you know, when you go to, down to those places, if you're not on an extended road trip, you don't have like an overcoat, right? So you're just in your suit and most times it's it's not unbearable that'd be a a complete exaggeration but it is cold and you know every time you go to these buildings it is interesting because you bump into a whole bunch of scouts right on the in the press box and they all have their little parkas on and uh, we broadcasters (laughs) don't have that ability often
1: yeah, so you got to pack a parka for a trip to California. There's, right, there's yeah. the reminder that you need. Uh, how how was the game? I mean, it kind of uh, overlapped with uh, with our game here, right. so I, I saw the score and a couple highlights. But well, how was the
0: game? It was pretty good. It was uh, dominated by uh, brilliant goaltending by John Gibson. That, that was uh, that was just a treat to watch. He was spectacular right from the get go. The Jets power play, uh, it I think, it was it finish. Bofur or did they get one on the power play? It doesn't matter. Uh, but they they had so many great chances and so many good looks. So if you're to look at their power play and go, oh boy, it really struggled, that would be the exact opposite of the truth because they had so many good looks. But John Gibson, like I said, just really held him in. In fact, he made a save when it was 2-1 ducks in the second off of Josh Morrissey that should have been a, a sure goal, no question about it. And uh, Gibson made the save. And then just a few minutes later, uh, Adam Henrique scored a deflection goal to make it 3-1. And then it was it was tough going for Winnipeg after that. They still had a few chances, but that third and especially the fourth goal broke their spirit.
1: Yeah. Kelly, Rudy joining us on Inside Sports, back for another hockey season here. Of course, the Oilers let the lead slip away, but uh, eventually won it in a shootout. A couple things from that game. Obviously a huge addition for the Oilers in the offseason, if, if anybody asked me in the summer, which new guy should I pay the most attention to, I always said Zach Hyman, Zach Hyman, yeah. Zach Hyman. And, of course, I saw him play with the Leafs. But then when he plays for the team you're covering, you watch him even more closely. And, like, there, there are no big holes in his game. Like, he's out there in every situation. He's uh, annoys the other team with his doggedness. So I, I mean, yeah. one game, but, man, oh, man, what a game for him.
0: No, you'll, you'll love him and you'll love his consistency. So there are guys around the league that can do that on occasion, but uh, he's a guy that pushes himself and that engine just doesn't stop. Right. He, he rarely has a night where you go, well, I don't think he gave me the best that he has. So I think Edmonton Oilers fans are going to really appreciate his style. Now he's more skilled than you think, but he's not, of course, elite skill but he just does so many little things and i just love his game that was a really smart uh, acquisition by ken holland and uh he is going to be everything everybody expected
1: okay so you in your era there were a lot of incredibly talented offensive players that still get played on highlight reels uh was there Sort of that all-round guy, though. You you remember? Maybe he wouldn't lead the team in scoring, but he was reliable penalty kill, power play, plus fought uh, fought at some points along the way.
0: Oh, I I don't know why this keeps coming up, but oftentimes when you ask me a comparison about a guy that's maybe not the elite player but an extremely important player, I always bring up Tony Granato and that exact same thing. They're about the same size, both right-handed shots, both broad energy, both. Uh, excellent scores uh, for their own capabilities. Um, I think that's a really good comparison, both extremely engaged in every game. Like I I rarely ever said about my teammate, Tony, that, that he didn't bring it that night. Maybe he wasn't at his best every night, but I could never fault his energy or his enthusiasm for the game. And that, that is really, to me, Zach Hyman. Speaking
1: of enthusiasm, there is nothing like seeing a photo or a slow-motion highlight of Yessi Pugliarvi, whether he's greeting a bison in Elk Island Park or... uh, (laughs) I mean, obviously, it was funny for me watching social media about 10 to 15 minutes after his goal last night because I see all the fans posting the freeze frames of his kind of almost, like, fierce face, and then he's smiling and then he's uh, hugging everybody. But, uh, (laughs) I mean... he had a great game and I, I mean you think of where he's where he's come from not being in the NHL and even his first few games last year were uh, a little shaky and i mean he's not perfect of course he's still working on some stuff but man oh man it's it's hard to imagine the orders without this guy now
0: I agree it's a great story right it's been fun to watch his growth and you know early on uh I was talking to a guy that I really respect in the game early on when he was uh, in Edmonton And this person told me this guy will play for sure and he's going to be an impactful player. Now, probably didn't happen at the pace that some people were hoping, but that's why you have patience and that's why you develop uh, or put in time to develop players. And and uh, not only is he shining as a player, but I love his personality now. Right. Like he's growing more comfortable with himself and the position he's in on the team. And I think he recognizes how important he is to the Oilers success. So I, I just think this has been one of my favorite stories to watch with the Oilers in the last couple of years.
1: Well, and the, they all, the teammates and Dave Tippett have commented on his, his laugh and his smile. And yeah, I don't know. I feel I do think in a group of people, whether it's a team or not, you, you do need a little bit, bit of everybody. You need the happy go lucky guy, but I think sometimes you need the, the stern guy or the father figure to bring everybody back down to earth. But, uh, but I, that's, that's gotta be, when somebody with that personality has success, it's got to kind of make everybody feel a little lighter.
0: Uh, You know, you you know, you follow guys like that, right? Uh, You want to be around them. And uh, as you said, you know, not everybody can be the same personality. You need a real mix. And, uh, that Stern guy, I think of, uh, when Jonathan Taves made the Chicago Blackhawks and, uh, he's named captain, what'd they call him captain serious. <laughs> and so there's a, there's a nice mix there. Right. And, uh, I just think that you need a guy like Jonathan Taves uh, to keep the room serious when it needs to be. And you need a guy like Pooley RV or maybe other guys that it's a little bit lighter. And, uh, uh, I think that the, those players are under so much pressure anyways, Reed, that it's, it's beneficial if you can have a bunch of those kind of guys that just play relaxed, they have fun, you know they're having fun. It doesn't mean that they don't take the game seriously or their role uh, on the team seriously. And so I just think if you can find a bunch of guys like that that are still determined to improve every single game, then that's your, your team's in good shape.
1: All right. Edmonton Calgary coming up on Saturday night, going to be the first game of the season for the flames. Uh, So they're going to have, I think over a week between games. Yeah, And I I think the flames are are going to make the playoffs. I don't necessarily think they're going to be a higher seed. I I do think Markstrom will have a better year than last year, but I, I understand, you know, some of the, the, the big name players that kind of get, uh, I get criticized here for the lack of team success. And obviously they've lost Giordano. That's just kind of me looking at them. What do you expect from the flames this
0: season? Well, they won't be as bad as last year because they, all of them underperformed, right? Right. Uh, The one guy that I think, or there's two guys, Tanev was brilliant all season long. He was fantastic. And uh, Markstrom was really, really good for the first while until he had that collision with Tanner Pearson. And uh, that was sort of, he couldn't quite get back on track. He came back, uh, well, he tried to play with the injury. Then he came back and he was really struggling to find his game. But he has looked really good in the time that I've watched him in the preseason and practice. Um, I think this uh, team, they they truly recognize how they all underperformed last year. So I expect this is going to be a pretty good game Saturday. I hope uh, just for the flames uh, sake that they don't have too much rust because it's been eight days. It'll be eight days since they played. And so the Oilers will definitely have an advantage there.
1: All right. Well, I won't ask you your favorite preseason memory because you've probably blocked out most of your exhibition games. No,
0: no, I do have one. (laughs) I have a really good one Reed. Okay. So my first year, I didn't play much. We had three goalies. We had Billy Smith and Roly Melanson. And uh, I remember we were in the Philadelphia spectrum. And so that was a tough building for a lot of guys, right? It was, you know, Philly was a tough team. And uh, I remember getting off the bus and we still had three goalies. And I went out to the opening where the Zamboni goes out to the arena and it was just Just by myself, I I remember I had a brand new suit on and I was looking around in the empty stadium and I go, you belong here. This, you deserve this opportunity. And that year, they eventually traded roly and I ended up getting a bigger role and continue to play a bigger role. And that was a lasting memory for me because there's was an important step in my career, right? I, I have to truly believe in it. And I did and I took ownership of it and turned out to be a really great memory of mine.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. Kelly. And thanks for uh, jumping on tonight. It's awesome to have you back for another season here. Weekly appearances on inside sports. We love having you. And have a great broadcast coming up here on the weekend, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.
0: Okay, take care, Reed. Nice chatting again. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.